Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. This is going to be number 73 with Liam Aubrey. And uh, Liam is a personal development and stoic blogger from Colorado. And I wanted to title this episode Seize the Day because it's a concept and a tagline that Liam uses on his blog. And Liam dives into what that means to him and I thought it was really cool. So that's going to be here for you as well as some tips for anyone who's interested in blogging or is already a blogger. Liam has a lot of tips on writing and how that made him more of an effective uh, person when it comes down to his communication, his daily routine, time management, um, finding and generating ideas and kind of forming uh, mental clarity in his thoughts. And I think that a lot of these lessons that Liam talks about from writing can be applied to not just writing, but in any other areas in life. And, I, and Liam does a great job of explaining and breaking down these techniques so anyone can use them. So with that, guys, let's jump into this episode and meet Liam Aubrey. Welcome to the Zenfulness Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremiah Schmidt, and this podcast is about the transformation process for people who envision possibilities, cultivate their courage, and tap their potential. We are part of a group here who are inspired to chase their dreams, overcome limitations, and take action in the real world. Thank you for listening to the Zenfluence Podcast. Let's get started. Welcome to the Zenfluence Podcast, guys. I'm here with a friend of mine. I met over Twitter, and he's from Colorado, United States. And his name is Liam Aubrey, and he's a very interesting um, blogger and just a thought leader when it comes to self-development and habits and just overall mindset. And he's a very interesting guy, being he's only 23 and really motivated. And me and him, we just kind of get along really well. And I wanted to interview him just to like interview a colleague of mine who, you know, just to learn more about Liam and who he is as a person. So that's about that for the intro. And I guess I'll just pass it over to Liam. And I want to ask you, Liam, who are you and what do you do? Yeah, well, uh, so I'm Liam. And, um, you know, I, what do I do is a great question because I I try to do a lot of things. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, I do have a day job, but uh, I also, um, like to like to blog, like to write, like to read a lot about um, Stoic philosophy, self development um, as it relates to Stoic philosophy, um, and I don't know. I, I just really enjoy uh, exploring ideas that I feel like could uh, help me to to be better in uh, in my professional life, in my personal life, uh, my spiritual life, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it's just been something that. Uh, I've I've really been excited about and driven to for as long as I can remember. I really toward like the end of high school is when I really started um, getting exposed to ideas about like I can become more than I am now. Uh, I don't have I'm not just kind of who I am and that's just what it is. Like um, I you know people always encourage people to be themselves and the idea that I could be a better version of myself, like I can never be somebody else, but I can be a more refined, more effective version of myself. That really inspired me and really drove me to want to learn more and then create stuff that I, I enjoyed at least, um, but that hopefully other people enjoy too and could get something out of because, um, you know, I think that, that whole thing, just trying to figure out how you can live a more effective life, how you can live a life that you're more satisfied with, mm-hmm. uh, how you can live a life that's more fulfilling. I think that's 
<laughs> the biggest the biggest question of life right you know how, how do you do that so um learning from people who have figured out more about how to do that than i have at this point um i think that's just the, the most exciting and life-giving and energizing thing that that i've found that i can do yeah so i guess one thing i want to ask you about liam is i looked at your blog and in your tagline you have an interesting kind of tagline uh it was like carpe liam seize the day yeah <laughs> yeah i just want to ask you like like what does that mean and like why did you uh use that tagline well uh Carpe liam. Okay, so so carpe diem, the the Latin phrase for seize the day, uh, is actually it's it's very personally special to me because my grandfather, um, back uh, you know years ago, would on his his answering machine, um, mm -hmm. he would always end his voicemail if you if you couldn't get him and he went to voicemail, he would always end the the voicemail with saying carpe diem, my friend, and when I got older and obviously a lot of the Stoics were Roman and wrote in Latin and I kind of revisited that phrase. And so I already had, had known that phrase. And so it was already special to me because of that, but also, um, you know, just, I think the biggest thing, one of the biggest ideas that resonates with me from the, the Stoics, uh, I think Seneca has a quote about living, each day as if it were its own lifetime and then um just the the stoics have their memento mori the remembering our mortality remembering we have a limited amount of time mm -hmm. and uh keeping that in mind and trying to make sure that we make the absolute most out of every day and trying to you know really just kind of squeeze every little last bit out of every moment we have uh, that's that's why that that phrase um, kind of meant a lot to me, and then also DM and Liam rhyme, so it was kind of <laughs> just an easy thing to do for me. It was kind of kind of clever, and you know, it's not often that I'm funny. So, <laughs> oh yeah, so Liam, um, I guess I want to jump back into. I know you mentioned your grandfather and how he ended his uh, voicemails with Carp ADM. But mm -hmm. yeah, I think your grandfather and your parents obviously played like a huge role in your life. Um, could you just jump back to like, the beginning of like your childhood and your influences and how you kind of became the person you are today? Yeah, well, I have an incredible family. So uh, I have a lot of people around me who've, who've influenced me um, to <laughs> become who I am now. And, and I'm, I'm very grateful for that. Um, you know, both my parents are super uh, smart people and they both do a lot of, um, they've both done a lot of really interesting things in their lives. They both worked in TV for a long time. And, and so I kind of grew up around, around TV news. Um, so I do attribute a lot of the fact that, uh, you know, I was, I learned how to talk apparently super early because I was just always around TV people who talk and mm -hmm. so um, so I just I've always loved words because I've always been around around people who just use a lot of words um, but that you know being around a lot of that excitement too I think uh, I don't know I learned a lot from my folks in terms of you know, just work ethic um, 
they definitely work <laughs> work hard. Mm -hmm. um, I got to got to see a lot of just really really cool stuff, um, and they and they included me in everything. Like you know, um, when I was little, and they uh, had like award shows for um, the the marketing that my mom did for like the regional. Uh, TV networks and stuff like they took me to those when I was literally the only kid there. I was walking around, walking around my power suit like I, I knew what was up, mm -hmm. and that, you know, sipping on my juice box and whatnot. But uh, no, it was it was really I think they always included me in those experiences and um, treated me like a little adult kind of sometimes. And I and you know I mean not that that they didn't uh, give me plenty of time to be a kid too but those those things like that were really um really formative because i got to be around a lot of adults and a lot of people who were um you know doing a lot of a lot of different stuff and, and you know i wasn't just hanging out with kids most of the time so that i think helped me to to grow into who i am now in a lot of ways too yeah so liam looking back in hindsight um what, what what would you say is the biggest lesson you learned from your childhood the biggest lesson i learned from my childhood oh my goodness um well i think just because it keeps coming up and it's kind of a, a popular thing right now but i really do think it's incredibly meaningful is gratitude um my folks just always would try to instill in me uh, an appreciation for everything that I had and recognizing that a lot of people maybe didn't have the opportunities, the same chances to, to do a lot of the same stuff and that, A, I need to really, really appreciate that. I need to be really grateful for the, the situation that I'm in and um, just enjoy everything about it. And then the other thing is um, ingratitude make sure that whatever opportunities I've had, I turn that into something beneficial for other people. I turn that into action that, that uh, creates even more goodness and creates even more gratitude in the world. That, that was definitely, I think, the biggest lesson. Well, like, yeah, no, I love gratitude. I think, like, if you can live with kind of a grateful mindset, um, it's just, like, so empowering because, you know, even in, like, the worst-case scenarios, you always have something that you're appreciative about. Um, yeah, yeah, that, that's a mindset that I probably need to adopt more. Like, I'm just realizing as I get older, and I love how like you learned that like when you were young. That's that's awesome, Liam. But um, yeah, no, very very grateful for my my folks instilling that in me from a young age. So, so Liam, did you grow up in uh, Colorado? Yeah, I've lived in Colorado. I've never lived outside of Colorado. Oh. I lived in. Uh, uh, Fort Collins, Colorado, for, for four years while I went to Colorado State University, uh, of which I'm very proud. I'm a very proud alumnus of Colorado State. But uh, yeah, I've been in been in Colorado for for my entire life. It's been, it's been awesome. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. To be. Well, yeah, I guess we're gonna jump into like your high school and university because the thing that I find really interesting about you, Liam, is you kind of started reading these like you know, self-development, motivation books around, I think you mentioned around the age of 16. And I think like looking back at my life personally, when I was 16, like I wasn't 
really thinking about any of this stuff. I was playing like video games on, on a daily basis. But I guess, could you talk a little bit about, you know, what led you to this like mindset that you have today, especially around like high school and early university? Yeah, no, I, and I was also definitely playing video games on a daily basis too, <laughs> but, uh, but I was trying to, to mix some of that stuff in there too. Um, I think in high school, it really started just because I wanted to, you know, I, I, I mean, I wanted to be more popular, I guess. I wanted to have more friends. I wanted to, to be more interesting, and I wanted to figure out how I could um, create this really sort of uh, socially abundant life that I felt like I, uh, you know, I, di I did not have friends, but I wanted to be like, you know, really, I, I, I was socially ambitious because um, I just, I'm very extroverted. I really like people. I really like making new friends and, and stuff like that. But, you know, sometimes um, I, it's kind of ironic. Sometimes when I first meet people, I'm kind of shy introvert or shy extrovert. Um, mm. So, so uh, my extroversion doesn't always lead me to instantly be like, hey, man, what's up? Sometimes I got to kind of, you know, ease into things a little bit. Um, but I wanted to learn how to have, uh, you know, more social aptitude, I guess. And so I started uh, learning about, you know, the fact that people studied this type of stuff. I think the first book that really sent me into the plunge of self-development was The Charisma Myth by Olivia Fox Cavani. Mm -hmm. That is one of the great, greatest books on human interaction that I've ever read. She talks about all these scientific studies that have been done on what makes someone charismatic and what <clears throat> behaviors people are naturally kind of attracted to. And it goes from giving examples of like Bill Clinton, the Dalai Lama, Steve Jobs, all these people who are super different, really different personalities, but mm -hmm. um, have this, this uh, charisma about them nonetheless. And, and they all have sort of this underlying magnetism. And so reading about that and learning that I could be really like super, uh, a lot more effective at connecting with people um, like that, that was really exciting to me. And then from there, uh, I found some podcast appearances that she had done and some other things that were, were really interesting to me um, that led me eventually to uh, I through that somehow found the Tim Ferriss show and I love that show that has been like <clears throat> I, that's been like the tree like the foundation the trunk and then all the other things that I've learned from there have kind of been branches off, mm -hmm. of, off Tim Ferriss because um, he's obviously interviewed like every interesting person um, yeah I love him too <laughs> so so like uh, Jocko Willink, uh, Ryan Holiday, uh, all these all these people who I, I love. Um, it all kind of came from from there. So, so I guess jumping into now you get into like charisma and these books kind of in early universe or in high school. Um, how did you decide to start a blog or did you start like any other kind of entrepreneurial ventures before then? Or did you just know like, oh, I want to start a blog? Like how, what led you to that path? I actually didn't take my first crack at a blog until a few years later because I definitely had that sort of 
feeling of like, who would want to listen to what I have to say or who would want to read what I have to say, you know? Um, but I think this is something, you know, if nothing else, I kind of, when I finally started it, I decided that I basically wanted it to be a journal um, of stuff that I found online that was profound and you know, stuff that I read or, or whatever that really struck me. But I wanted it really just to be a, a thing for me. And I figured I would, I would put it there and, you know, maybe if I was able to kind of connect with some, some people um, and it resonated with them a little bit, then that's great. But uh, I was actually, so speaking of Tim Ferriss, I was listening to this episode last night of uh, his show from a long time ago with Maria Popova from Brain Pickings. And she was talking about this Oscar Wilde quote, um, just about writing and when you create, um, you can't have everybody in mind and you kind of have to write for an audience of one, which is yourself, and then do what you know you will like, and then eventually, hopefully, some other people will find it interesting and it'll resonate with them a little bit too, but definitely, yeah, I would say that I was, I, I felt like I wasn't like smart enough or worthy to start my own blog. <laughs> Um, I realized, A, if I don't just do it, like eventually, I'm, not, I'm never going to feel like, oh, I'm now this expert on everything, and I can certainly provide great advice to everybody, but I realized I just kind of need to start writing and see what it does. So once you started jumping in to get your writing and putting out these articles, um, kind of like looking back, what would you say you've learned from writing articles? being a blogger, um, maybe things that most people who are kind of interested in blogging wouldn't typically uh, realize? Well, I would say that, first of all, it's made me think a lot more deeply about everything that I read, everything I consume, because I want to figure out what I actually think about it and what that looks like in words. Most of the time, I would think I know what I thought, but I wouldn't actually. I would know how I felt about it, but I wouldn't have the specific words that really synthesized it down into something that anyone else would find intelligible. I would have this feeling about it, but until I started trying to write everything out, I realized that this sharpened my thinking a lot and it forced me to figure out what I thought about a lot more things. But also I think the other thing is it made me, Sort of realize that uh, you know, the the attention that and I was talking about this with one of my friends the other day. Um, it's really tempting to try and just do what you think will get attention on a blog and what'll get more eyes on it. Mm -hmm. And you know the the marketer in me is like, yeah, you need to do what people are, you know, going to be interested in, and you need to try and find this big audience right away and you know that's not necessarily like i want to write what i want to write i don't necessarily want to do what's going to be the most marketable right now i want to create the thoughts that i'm interested in creating and write the words that mean something to me and then you know if 
it attracts 15 people who really like it, awesome. If it attracts uh, 150 people who really like it, great. If it attracts 15,000 people who like it, cool. Like, I think the idea of trying to, to do it for your own ego, um, and obviously it's a very unstoic thing to do, but it's tempting. It's really tempting to try and just want more numbers, right? But I think it's also, it's more important um, just to put the ideas that you really resonate with and that mean something to you out into the world. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things I love about um, like liamaubrey.com is like even now it kind of makes sense more like your mother was like into marketing and into TV. So you kind of have that marketing side of you like kind of known, but then you have like your authentic, what you want to do. And like, I like how you mesh it together. Like I read some of your articles and the titles and I actually wanted to jump into some of those too. Like, could you talk a little bit about your most favorite articles and what they mean to you? Oh man. Well, I think a lot of my favorite articles are just my favorite quotes. Um, I think my, probably my favorite quote that I have used so far on my blog uh, is Jocko Willing's quote, and it's just good. And I think that that oh, quote, okay. when you talk about uh, stoicism, and a lot of people are super into stoicism now, and um, I think he is the best example of kind of a modern stoic, just because first of all, he has been in situations that I cannot even dream of being. Um, he has been in the most intense fighting um, that you know 99% of uh, you know at least Americans, but um, you know human beings in general today have probably not seen like you know in even even people who um, you know he was in like the most elite fighting unit that the United States military has. And so the fact that he was just in that and he had to deal with the real emotions that were happening and he had to deal with the real consequences of the situations. And the fact that everything he talks about kind of comes back to you know, taking responsibility for it, taking ownership of it uh, and, and focusing on what you can do and uh, his whole book about extreme ownership is, um, you know, it's not about trying to control things that are outside of your control. It's like, what in this situation can I control? How do I make it better? And how do I take responsibility for something that I could have controlled that didn't go right? And then when he talks about his, his phrase good, and there's this whole YouTube video on that and this story around that, but talking about how whenever anything goes wrong, uh, he just says good. And when he, when I first heard that, it struck me so much because I noticed that when I started applying that to my own life, you know, when I saw something that ordinarily, uh, you know, three years ago, Liam would have been like, oh, this is awful. This is just horrible. I can't possibly figure out how to, how to deal with this situation. And I just gave myself the opportunity to say, okay, good because X, Y, Z, this is an opportunity for me to face a challenge and overcome a challenge. This is an opportunity for uh, me to kind of get redirected into something that might be a little bit better. Like that quote was probably the single handed push toward 
getting really interested in stoicism because it's like so much of our lives are created in our own heads. A lot of the stuff that we create as problems, a lot of stuff that we worry about, it's just all in here. Mm-hmm. And if we can change what's in here, what's out here looks super different. And it looks a lot more manageable and it looks a lot less scary. So yeah, that's my favorite one for sure. Holy, that, that was awesome. Um, like, yeah, because I, I, when I first heard good, like I did not think anything like that. But I like the idea of as soon as anything goes wrong, good, because there's an opportunity. Uh, it's, it's an op- opportunity. So you kind of, I like how you kind of like flip good from being um, like something that you would typically see. It's like, oh, this is great. But like, it's almost like, good for bad things that become great great things um i love that that's awesome well i think it goes well with the the stoic amor fati that uh ryan holiday talks about too it's like Mm -hmm. you know it didn't work out it wasn't supposed to um if it did work out it was supposed to you know whatever whatever happens is what's supposed to happen the way it is so and there's nothing you can do to change it you just have to, to go with it sometimes and just accept things for what it is and what they are. Yeah. So I guess coming back to your blog, Liam, um, if you if you had advice for someone who's interested in blogging and they're just new to kind of kind of everything, like what where would you direct them to start? Like how would you start a blog from scratch if you had to restart? Well, I would start with reading is that was where I've gotten all of my blog content is just from reading and then figuring out really what I thought about it, not what I felt about it, not what I thought that I thought about it, but would start with reading, start with um, you know, exploring ideas that are, that are really meaningful to, to you. And that could look like a lot of different things. You know, some people, really love sports and they love the stories that come out of sports so so those can be really meaningful to people um some people love philosophy some people uh, you know a lot of different things resonate with different people so just finding something that really uh excites and then reading a lot about that mm. and then excuse me ah but uh yeah reading and then just, just writing just doing it like there's no substitute for just going for it. Um, and it's going to, when I go back and I read stuff that I wrote even a year ago, I'm like, wow, this was bad. And I'm sure that when I go back a year from now and read stuff I wrote today, I'm going to be like, wow, this was bad. Um, but that's the thing that, you know, that's how you become a better writer because writing is just a more, concrete way of thinking mm-hmm. and are you right the better you think and the better you think the better you write actually that's something i really want to jump into is like when it comes to your writing is there any like you have like certain rituals you do before you start writing or like a habits or things that um help you write uh i just write constantly that's <laughs> i mean that's the big thing i have I don't have one, ironically, I don't have one with me right now because I usually have a, a little field notes notebook with me at all times. Mm. Um, I filled, I think, 17 since September. I just constantly make, yeah, they're, they're, they're these little, little notebooks. I just, I 
burned through them. I love them because I just, I like to try to do that. I like to get thoughts that I have on paper. If I'm taking a walk and I am listening to an audio book or if I'm at work and somebody says something that's really funny or, or whatever, I just, I write stuff down constantly. And then I also try to write in the mornings. I really like the morning pages exercise where it's just write three pages in the morning and just have kind of a stream of consciousness. Mm-hmm. And I felt that that more than anything really helped me to codify my thinking a little bit better. Oh, bless you. Oh, excuse me. Thanks. 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 But, but that really, that really helped me to just reform stream of consciousness writing really benefited me because I realized how I needed to refine my day-to-day thinking and not just my writing Mm -hmm. and how I needed to think better all the time because I would start to write stuff down and I would try to put stuff that I was feeling, stuff that I was worried about for that day, stuff that I was excited about for the day on paper. And a lot of the time I would have a kind of hard time doing it because I was trying to take these things that I didn't realize were really abstract in my head and not really specific, but things that, yeah, were just vague and not really anything specific yet. I tried to make them something very clear. And Mm -hmm. that helped a lot, just sitting down and writing three pages every morning, no editing, no filter, not trying to make it sound good. And I have written a lot about how I feel a lot of pressure to try and make myself sound really uh, profound in those pages mm-hmm. and how silly that is because most of the time I don't think very profound mm-hmm. thoughts. It's kind of doing day-to-day stuff and then every now and then find a little mother goodness in there. So, so Liam, I guess uh, like coming back to being a writer, is there any, like you mentioned that being a writer helps you be more of a clear thinker, but have you noticed any other benefits when it comes to things that like typically wouldn't be writing, like other than thinking, like any other benefits you find in other areas, areas of your life because you are a writer? Yeah, I'm way better at communicating. I can speak a lot better. And I would notice when I was younger and not so mostly in the last couple of years, um, mostly in college, there would be times when I would get so caught up in thinking about what other people might be thinking about what I was saying mm-hmm. or what other people might be uh, thinking about later or how my life kind of fit into the whole scheme of the universe that I wouldn't pay attention to what I was saying really. Mm-hmm. And I would start to stumble over my words or I would talk until I was out of breath. And it would sound super silly, but I realized that through writing more and just paying more attention to the words that were in my head, I was able to speak better. Uh, I was able to write better. Um, I'm also a lot less generally anxious since I started writing because I was able to, again, clarify my thoughts a lot more and recognize that most of the things that I would worry about are silly. Most of the things that I would worry about are totally not anything really to worry about. And um, 
you know, I, I'm a huge believer in writing. I think that it's super beneficial. I think that one of the other things is it made me feel a lot more fulfilled in that I would write about things that uh, I was grateful for. And I would read a lot about the Stoics talking about um, how kind of no matter the stuff you get, no matter the places you want to go, no matter what kind of status you want to acquire, you're always just going to be you. And if you're dissatisfied now, you're probably not going to be satisfied by those other things. Mm. And so when I found myself getting into these thought patterns of, oh man, you know, I wish I had, uh, you know, this kind of house and I wish I had this kind of car and I wish I had this much money and, and, and those things, I would take time to write about why. Like, why is that something that's, because, you know, I'm still going to be me with that car. I'm still going to be me with that house. Uh, I'm still going to be with that money in my bank account. Um, and so, like, obviously, there are certain things that, you know, it's nice to have a little bit of financial freedom. But, you know, thinking about why do I really, really want this? And I find most of the time what I'm looking for there is a feeling that I get without having to acquire all this stuff. Uh, it's something that I can access immediately if I really want to. So writing has really helped me to be a lot more satisfied with my, my life. Too. Yeah. yeah, and I think one thing that, um, like for me personally, like I've tried to start a blog before and it never really worked out. But I think that I was lacking is like a self-determined spirit to just like, because no one's really telling you to do it. Like you're kind of like your own boss in a sense. Um, could, could you talk a little bit about like how someone can develop that like self-determination or being able to like wake, like for example, wake up in the morning and just write and without being told to do that, like where do you kind of get that from uh, on your end personally, Liam? Well, I was, um, not to reference the Tim Ferriss podcast again, but I was listening to this really good episode that he did with Brian Koppelman, who's the guy who wrote the show Billions mm -hmm. and he's written a bunch of other um, pretty successful, successful shows. But he was talking about, um, you know, a lot of people are encouraged to follow their dreams, but a lot of people don't also receive the advice to apply some rigor to those dreams. And he talked about every day, just take a tangible step forward to whatever your dream is. And, you know, that's, that's what it is for me, just getting up in the morning and, um, trying to write something every day and on the weekends trying to write some blog content that I can uh, kind of bank up, but I get up every morning and try to write some morning pages or, or something. And uh, yeah, I think that's just trying to do something consistent with it too. And it's like, you're never going to become the person who you want to be if you don't do things to move forward to that and I realized that I had this idea of kind of who I wish I was and who I wanted to be and what I wanted to do but I wasn't necessarily taking the daily steps toward that and I realized that this blog would be a great way to do that to take those daily steps and it's something to hold me accountable because I know that if I put it out for the world to see and someone's like oh why didn't you post a blog today then I'll you're like, can't let that happen. Embarrassed mm -hmm. like that. So yeah. So I guess, public goal. 
so you'd say public goals kind of held you accountable to to keep doing it oh yeah yeah i think making your goal something that somebody else knows about even if it's just one other person but making a goal that somebody else can hold you accountable to is a big factor as to whether or not it is achieved because if you keep it private if you don't share it then you can say oh well you know had a busy week i can have this excuse or that excuse as to why it didn't work out but if it's somebody else they're they're not going to necessarily see all that they're just going to be like why didn't you do it mm-hmm. why, didn't, why didn't you hit your goal you set this goal this was your goal not my goal so why didn't you hit your goal so I guess what would you say are some of the difficulties of blogging that you run into? Well, I would definitely say sometimes when, you know, you're not always getting the numbers that you're looking for. It's, uh, it, it shouldn't be discouraging, but it is because the ego kind of starts popping up and is like, are you really writing something that people want to hear? At that moment, you just got to say, I'm writing this because I feel like this needs to be written. Um, if one person reads it, or if 10,000 people read it, it's still something that I feel needs to be written. Um, but the other thing, ironically, is when I see a post do really well, like that's a challenge too, because in that moment, I could be like, all right, I need to just model everything I do forever after this one thing that worked this one time. Mm-hmm. And assume that you know there are all these reasons why it worked out um but i think that it's really uh you know just about you know if whatever you feel you need to write um and obviously there are different purposes for blogs too if you're you know you're just trying to make money doing like a fitness nutrition blog or something like that then you probably want to write stuff that Mm -hmm. people are are really interested in in reading so you can monetize a little bit quicker but i think that uh just write writing what you feel needs to be said that's the, to me the panacea to all of the issues that i have faced mm-hmm. blogging so Liam, could, could you i know you kind of talked a little bit about this but could you jump into your daily routine um, oh yeah yeah well um I try to wake up early. It doesn't always happen, <laughs> but usually um, I wake up and one of my first stops is usually the coffee maker. I love coffee. Um, I'm not a coffee snob, so I will drink pretty, pretty much anything, whatever's cheap <laughs> at the grocery store, but, uh, but I, I do enjoy a good cup of coffee. Um, I think then usually it's kind of settling in for a little bit of prayer and meditation, um, sort of preparing, preparing myself spiritually and mentally for the day ahead. Um, mm-hmm. I think that really helps me to prepare for what I've got coming up. And then from there, I like to to write for a little bit before I have everything else. I, I usually try to uh, you know, do a blog post or do my morning pages at that time. Sometimes I do my morning pages in the evening just because I still feel like I need to, to write, but I maybe didn't do it earlier in the day. I'm not really super committed to 
that time of day, the morning pages thing, I think just having a stream of consciousness writing during the day is important. Um, but yeah, the coffee, prayer and meditation, and then just some sort of writing before I kind of dive into things. And then, yeah, it's work all day. And then, uh, you know, do something to wind down at the end of the day. Um, read, take a walk, watch something silly. I love the show Impractical Jokers. I find that that's a great one to just kind of turn my brain off. And oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that I, can, I can rest a lot during that, and then I'll go, you know, if, if I just did a bunch of stuff, exercising mental energy, I'll just watch that, and then I'll go read something after that so I can kind of rejuvenate my, myself a little bit and not have to, to think about anything too hard for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess, Liam, I have a couple more questions for you. Perfect. I guess the first question would be, so like now that you're blogging and you're like you're a writer, where do you go from here? Like in your future, are you planning to write books? Are you, do you want to do more, um, build a business, more build a business or like what, where, what's your future look like here? Well, I would definitely love to write a book. Um, I have a lot of different, uh, different things I would like to, to write about. Um, so that's gonna, that's kind of the hard part is figuring out there's so many ideas out there that I just love and would love to uh, expound upon in that form. So, um, but there is, uh, you know, a, there are a few that I've been kind of playing with on some potential book ideas. And then, yeah, I would definitely love to, to start a business and uh, get into some entrepreneurship and um, you know, probably doing some, some marketing because I do love marketing too. That's uh, one of my, one of my other passions. I just, and uh, I've spent a lot more time, um, you know, I, I feel like I'm a lot more competent to talk about the philosophical stuff that I've been reading for a longer time because I have been a marketing student for a long time. Um, but, you know, I've been out of college for a year. So there are a lot of people who've been marketing for you know, 20, 30 years. And, um, you know, that is one where I would like to write about that eventually once I feel like I have some more experience under my belt. But right now I'm, you know, I'm practicing. I'm practicing marketing and becoming a, a more competent marketing professional. And I guess another thing I want to ask you too, Liam, is how do you, how do you balance kind of college slash work with your passion? Well, um, thankfully, when I was in college, a lot of the jobs that I had were, they kind of lended themselves very naturally to a lot of the stuff that I wanted to do. Um, I was in student government, and that was a great opportunity for me to exercise my writing skills and my communication skills. And So in college, you were in student government? or What? Like in, in college, you were in the student government board, or? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. I ran for party president and lost. Uh, oh, that you, was, actually, that was, <laughs> you got to talk about that, man. That was that's awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, no, I, I I'd wanted to run for for student body president when I got to college and got kind of involved in student government, and it was fun. It was the craziest two weeks. <laughs> Just it was it was super busy, but it was. It was super fun to think about like, what, what can I really do here to contribute? You know, what can I do that's gonna really make a difference? It's gonna matter to people too. Um, 
you know, how can I use the opportunities that I have now to, to serve others and to, to give to other people and to, to show them love with this, this platform. And, um, you know, even though it, it didn't work out, I eventually did end up, I was the director of traditions for our student government um, my senior year. So uh, I did like a lot of the school spirit stuff, which is fitting because I love, love my university a lot. Mm -hmm. It's a really special place. And so that was, that was a lot of fun. But yeah, just figuring out in all those situations, um, you know, what do I think? How do I uh, believe that I could serve people in this role? How do I believe that I could do good stuff for other people on the platform? Like that's, that was so energizing and life-giving and it made me really excited for trying to figure out how I can do other stuff like that in the future. Maybe not necessarily, um, you know, running for stuff or anything, but you know, how I can find really tangible ways to, to live out my, my beliefs and my philosophies and, and serve other people. So I guess I have two extra questions here. I know I mentioned yeah. I have two before, but now this whole student government thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Realize this. But uh, so the first one is, what do you think initially drew you to run and get into like student politics um, or kind of that politics space? Like what initially drew you to that? Well, I was very interested in politics for a long time. Uh, I was very, politics always interested me um, in, you know, now, now that I've gotten in, and understand myself a little bit better. I think the communication of it and the, you know, the competing philosophies and the competing ideas, I think that was really, really compelling to me. I think that that was really cool. So I was definitely always kind of into that. I was a weird kid. I really, really was fascinated by that from a young age. So do you plan on getting into politics in the future? Or I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I definitely think it's important for people to be civically engaged, but you know, I don't know if I'd want to run for anything or, or anything right now. Mm -hmm. So I guess another question about politics is, um, looking back in hindsight, what would you say is the biggest lesson you learned? Um, you know, running for student president, getting becoming a director of traditions, uh, in hindsight. Um. Hmm. Biggest lesson. Um, I think that the uh, you know obviously losing was a lesson in humility. Um, that was for sure. And and I think that uh, I think that that was kind of one of the biggest things I took away from a lot of that is you know it's not about me. It's not about you know, the one person, it's always about um, you know, serving other people. You know, it's all, always about how you can figure out how you best can, can do that. And, you know, hi in hindsight, um, you know, I'm, I'm grateful that things uh, shook out the way they did because it allowed me to learn a lot that I don't think I would have learned otherwise. Mm -hmm. It allowed me to um, develop into a much different person that I think, um, you know, I needed to learn, learn lessons like that. So. But, uh, but yeah, Liam, I, I love that, how you mentioned, like from politics, you kind of learned how to handle laws. 
And like I was watching this Mike Tyson video on YouTube the other day, and he was pretty much talking about how um, that's what he had to kind of learn what to do. Like maybe maybe he started losing some fights or whatever, and then going through life, he learned how to handle loss and kind of come back from it. And I think that's something that I've kind of learned from stoicism too is being okay, especially anything like you're competing a lot with or in entrepreneurship, like you're not going to win every time. Not every blog post is like a win, but if you can like learn how to like handle those like losing posts and then keep going, I think that's such a powerful uh, lesson. Yeah, I, I think everything in life is, you know, how do you handle things when it doesn't work out? Because there's a lot of times when it's not going to work out. And then how do you handle things when it does work out? Um, how do you handle successes? Do you allow those to you know, turn into you thinking, oh man, I must have done something really right here. I'm great. Or do you, do you allow it to be something that's, um, you know, how can I, I use this as a platform for good? Because I know that this, uh, you know, I think that um, stoicism and, and my faith have taught me a lot about, uh, you know, whatever you do, your successes, um, they they don't they aren't forever and they aren't really yours. Like you have to do something for other people with those, and you really have to you know, figure out how how you can do good things to serve others because what you you do is not your own. Uh, I love that, man. Well, yeah, Liam. I guess I just want to like thank you for coming on the podcast and it's awesome even meeting you like I know me and you like we kind of like we have a lot of similarities and like we're gonna have an awesome friendship but um where can people find you online and check out your content and get to know you a little bit more yeah I have a, a twitter page that is uh, at Liam D. Aubrey my instagram page is the the same handle um and then I've got a facebook page that's is Liam Diabri as well. And I guess last question of the podcast, Liam. Um, if yeah. you leave the world with one message, let's say it's on a billboard, one message that Liam wants to share with the world, what would that be? Oh, uh, Jesus loves you. That's my message. Mm -hmm. That's the guiding, uh, guiding light in my life, the anchor that keeps me grounded in the storm and I think it's something that uh, some people do hear and they don't hear it enough and some, something that some people have never heard so, so that's my message.